Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amazing. Good morning, everyone. Amen. I feel like my mic's not on enough. It is? Okay. I'm usually louder. You're on that side. I'm testing you. He was okay. testing. I'm like, why are you standing there? You're stressing me out. This is my side. <laughs> Anyways, we're kicking off our relationship series. <laughs> oh, too funny. But what a great morning it's been so far. Go ahead and take your seats. Yeah, Becky and I are going to be in the hot seat this morning. Well, but we're not yeah. sitting down, no. unfortunately, because it gets a little bit crazy. want to walk around. She said she might want to punch me. She no, said that out loud. No, not punch. I just said... If I'm like have Love to be tap. stationary, but I need to like slug you for any reason, I don't have to get up to do it. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. I feel like this is a better atmosphere. So how are you guys doing? Having a good Sunday so far? Lots of new friends. That was really exciting. So Thank is you guys. This, this is our relationship uh, hot seat panel. So we will be talking about um, sex and stuff. Um, so that was my little warning. I don't know if I see any littles. There was a few littles in the last service, and I said, you may want to check them in the kids' church. <laughs> um, so as parents, use your discretion if your, your kiddos are in here. But it's obviously going to be from a godly perspective and all the things. But um, I will open up with this little funny story. So we uh, are moving again this weekend. And so, I know, I, I feel like, you know, I thought I had a, a very large capacity, but somehow it, can, it, it just keeps, like, demanding more of me. And I'm like, I didn't know you could have as much capacity without bursting. <laughs> anyway. Where does the capacity thing stop? Yeah, I'm like, I'm not loving it. But, um, so, we, uh, John had time in the morning, you know, yesterday, and then I didn't have time, but we had taken a poll online. I don't know if you guys saw it. So, like, probably 40 questions came through, and we kind of tried to put them all together and answer like the ones that were asked most and things like that. Um, but he had time to work on it in the morning. So I sent him all the questions. And he goes, oh, I'll just type in red, like my thoughts underneath. And he's over there like kind of like snickering and, <laughs> and like doing all this stuff. And I'm like, are you being, are you like taking this seriously? Like this is your only time, you know? And then, so then I have time at nine o'clock at night after we moved to look at his answers and then come up with my own. I'm like, oh my gosh, John Heinrichs. <laughs> And he's sitting there, and I'm reading through all these questions, and then just in red, he was just like, like, how do you do it? He's just like, six. And then, six. I'm like, John, my Lord, my Lord, help the trying to do the will of God, you know? No, I'm like, babe, you can't just do that. He's like, well, I know what I was going to say. I'm like, but you can't just write that. Like, it's not the solution to every problem. Don't disagree with me. I can never work off I mean, her notes. Sorry. It's like very complete and like. Yeah. You know. They're more than one word and the same word over and over again. <laughs> but we were, so we're going to hit as much as we can today. And we realized that um, John and I are probably going to continue on Wednesday night as well. And then actually have some ministry time and to like pray over specific things. Um, in relationships and get freedom um, from and this and that. But we also have the Fullers coming up on the 15th who are also going to do a panel. So look out for that. Make sure to be here. And then we have another event on the 19th um, to let the Let's Talk About It with some of our other pastors. So there's this whole month is dedicated to you have having healthy, thriving re well, relationships. Yeah. So important. So, so important. important to reevaluate right, our go. relationships and learn new things. Be in the house of God. Learn from a biblical perspective. Because the reality is we are created differently, thank God. Thank God. And, uh, but, but we're called to be united and, and, lit, and you know, work together and be married together and be happy and be joyful. And so we got to learn. We got to learn this stuff. Amen. And so we had like the first kind of set of things. We wanted to hit a couple different questions that came in from our singles. And again, we're definitely going to be hitting more of this. But, um, you know, there was a few questions around like how, how does Awaken support their singles and their prolonged seasons of singleness and things like that. And while I could name off like five things I think would be really helpful, I think the one thing I actually want to focus on is if us married people can actually help set them up. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. So 
so it's, it's, it is challenging to meet people and, and all that. And it's like, oh, I know you and I know this person. You both are walking with God. I think it'd be great. You guys should go out on, you know, a blind date. So let's, let's help each other. I am responsible for several marriages and I am very proud of it because I set them up. <laughs> I'm always thinking, oh, have you, have you met Josh? Oh, you haven't. And I, and I, you know, you just help them. You help them. So let, let's, let's, let's do that as marrieds. Like, let's really um, be that for that's them. How I, that's how we met. Yeah. We got set up by my dad. We got set up. Ted and, Heinrichs uh, right there. <clears throat> there Go he Ted is. Heinrichs. He is responsible for the good and the bad. Oh. But that was my third Blind date that week when I met her, and it wow. was the second Becky. Wow. Wow. I got the way better Becky. Yeah, you did. But, that, I mean, yeah, because he was getting set up. So he was, like, open to, was like, all about it. people. But, yeah. the, but then your dad chose your bride kind of like back in the olden days. That's pretty cool. Good job, Dad. Good job, Dad. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> The other thing we really want to talk about is, is, is the list. Yes. The list Ooh. that we make the as list. singles and believe for. You know, and, and I just want to say it's Mr. or Mrs. Right, not Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. But sometimes we put together these lists and we expect them to be perfect. He was not perfect when we met, nor was I. Uh, I, can't, I don't know who was more messed up, but let's just say it was even for now. Let's just for... for I'll say it was me. It was probably me. But anyways... Um, you know, so this list, and, and we actually disagree a little bit on this list that you put together that you want in a spouse. Um, he had a list. I had a list, and it was, wasn't too long. It was just beautiful, blonde, <laughs> loves God, and athletic. Athletic, yes. Yeah, okay. Bam. Well, but then I'm like, what if I had brown hair? Would you have not gone out with me? Because that was your list. Like, so here's the deal. The I first think... Becky had brown hair. Yeah. She was terrible. A terrible match. I like brown hair. I'm not saying brown hair's bad. Um, but I think with this list, so I obviously, like, things that you're believing for, and God says to ask, so why not ask? But what I think is wrong with the list and where we could falter in the list is there's a lot of things we put on these lists that are actually very negotiable, but we make them non-negotiables. And then the things that should be non-negotiables, we make negotiable. So it's like you won't compromise on height or hair color or a body type, but you're happily willing to compromise on do they really love Jesus and are following Jesus and have good people in their world. So that's where, that's where I don't like the list. Because a lot of the, the superficial negotiable things are, that, that's called like a trip to the hair salon or get contacts or go to the gym or go to Nordstrom to figure out their fashion sense. Like, those are all, like, so petty, but people turn people away because of the petty things. It makes me very sad. And so that's why the list, I think, my list has three things. One, <laughs> do you really enjoy their company? Like, can you be friends? Like, yes. I love playing and having fun with you. So can you be friends? Um, and then I think obviously you need to have attraction and we can talk about that later, but like, she's very attracted to me. <sighs> it's going to be rough. I have to tell myself that a lot. I even tell her you love me. <laughs> so are they, okay, my list, my list, sorry, sorry. are they truly pursuing Jesus? Cause don't just tell me they're a Christian. Like, are they really pursuing Jesus? That should be a non-negotiable. The second non-negotiable is, are they teachable? Because if they're arrogant or prideful or won't listen to wise counsel, what happens if they start to go off the rails? Are they going to listen to someone that help them pull them back on track and show them a better way, give them wisdom and discernment as their life goes on? So are they really walking with the Lord? Are they teachable? And do you enjoy their company? And then all the other things, and here's the deal, guys. Like everyone, God's not going to give you someone you're not attracted to. So I think we just need to be really careful when we use these Less. Let me read you a verse. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So you may be asking for things on a list, but God's like, no, nah, I got something better for you over here. Right. So don't make all these non-negotiables. So Exactly. I was just talking with a girlfriend, um, and I actually helped set them up. 
and they're going to be happily married very soon. But um, she told me, she goes, oh. she goes, you need to share about the list. She goes, I am so grateful that I threw away my list of what I thought I wanted and needed. She was like, I am literally living my dreams. Like, they're all coming true. Like, he's the man of my dreams. And so think about if she didn't even give him a shot because there was something on the list that didn't line up. And now she's, she's, she's not in compromise. She's not having to settle. Like, her true dreams are coming to pass. So it's just the list, be ready to throw it out, have the right negotiables, non-negotiables, and don't, you know. Uh, yes. How do you know they are the one, and what if someone better is coming around the corner? All questions. Yes. Very serious. Um, sports analogy. Okay. There, when I was playing sports, <laughs> when I, I was playing, when I was playing sports, we we uh, and you you would kind of look around. There was always going to be somebody bigger, faster, and stronger. But that doesn't mean you don't get in the game. That doesn't mean you don't play. And so I feel like if you're going to wait around because there might, might be somebody more beautiful, might be somebody a little bit nicer, might be somebody a little bit taller, whatever, like you got to get in the game. Yeah. And I think honestly, and that, that is a very reasonable analogy, um, but I honestly, <laughs> peace, like follow peace. Like when there, it's so funny, it's like, You'll know when you know. Everyone's like, well, how will I know? Like, you'll know when you know. Like, but it's, you can't really, you don't know what that feels like until you actually found the one. And so um, there's, this, there's a level of peace that comes when you find the right person. God's the author of peace. He's not the author of confusion. So when it is right, right one, peace will come. That does not mean you're going to have, like, questions or, like, fears that come up about, like, future or how this is all going to play out. But at the end of the day, peace comes that you're choosing the right one. And to be honest, if you're still asking the questions of what if someone else better comes around the corner, you know, and I think this was, I'm not sure who, who proposed this question, but if, if you're going to be getting married and you're still thinking, what if there's someone better on the corner, just run, like run away. Run away. Don't subject that person to a life covenant with you. If you're still questioning that they, there might be someone better for you. Like in the season of dating and engagement and, and preparing for this, you should be like head over heels, like obsessed with one another. And I mean, like when it's the right one, like you, you, you couldn't have like taken the jaws of life and pried me away from him. Like this was happening. Like we, this, yes, like everything felt right. And we sought wise counsel. We did. Yes. And here's the, here's the other thing. It takes two to tango, right? So if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I had the one. I had the peace. God spoke to me. It was amazing. But then something happened. Guess what? The Bible says that God has plans for your life. Yeah. So if the first plan didn't line Come up, on. there's 7 billion people on the earth. You think yeah. God can't find you another plan or put you into another and it situation? Will be the best plan. That will be the best plan for you. So just don't be discouraged if you thought you had the one and you lost the one. Yeah. There's another one. God has a plan for you. And just, and just with that, again, the wise counsel, like I worry when people won't go ask for wisdom and counsel when they think they found the right one. Chances are you actually probably know you're compromising. You just don't want to hear it. So you stay isolated in your own wisdom and thoughts. And so um, I really encourage you. They love you. They want what's best for you. And sometimes when we're clouded by our circumstances or our emotions or infatuation or whatever, we don't always see clearly. That's why God says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and you're foolish if you don't seek it out. So join a connect That's group. why we that need community, exactly. Yes. Okay, we're going to transition yes. into sex, okay? Okay. And, uh, but before we do, I want to read this brilliant thought that my wife had. Because we want to talk about sex, the idea of sex prior to marriage and within marriage, which came up a lot yeah. in the questions. So it says, when considering some of the questions that came our way, I want to ask, are you coming from a place where you want to honor God and walk as closely to him as possible? Or are you wanting to walk as closely to the world's way of doing things without suffering the consequences of sin? In other words, when we're asking questions really about anything, but especially sex, are we trying to honor God with our life or are we trying to tiptoe right by sin so that we right. could have fun but not sin? Like what's our posture in asking the yeah, questions? Absolutely. 
Um, so what does the Bible say about living together before you're married? And I know this comes up a lot, and there's a lot of reasons people give why they feel like they should live together before they're married. Um, and a lot of them are like finance. Well, we know we're going to be married anyways. We know we're going to be married for life, so why do we have to wait? It's so much cheaper, like one household, instead of we could save money for the wedding. And all these things come up. But God's plan is for us not to be joined together and to, and to live under one roof with each other until we actually get married. That's actually God's plan and God's best for us. So I just want to say, if that is God's plan and God's best, and we'll tell you why it's God's best in a moment, but... But do you not think that God will provide a way for you to live in obedience? Like, do you not think God will honor the fact that you're, you're choosing to step away from a lifestyle that doesn't honor him and going into a season where you separate from one another and find different places to live? Do you not think God's going to actually provide that for you when you're trying to do things the right way? God will always provide, but sometimes I think you actually don't want his provision. You just want your compromise. And so, so really, like, there is a way. So if you're saying there is no way, you're not trying hard enough because there is a way to live rightly and with God's plan. And there's so many people, even the last service, so many people even on the front row that have opened up their homes, like with a cheap room to rent for the last six months for the wedding, you know, so they could save. Like we, we, our heart is to help everyone in this season. There's always a solution to living in obedience and honoring God. So, and there's so many yeah. testimonies of people that have taken that hard stance and said, you know what, we are going to honor God, and they've moved apart, Right. and it wasn't always easy, No. but it glorified God, and their marriages today are so strong because they made that decision. God is honoring their covenant, and right. also there are people that have come into the house of God, and they didn't realize that that was a, a thing. Yeah. They didn't realize that that wasn't a, a, an okay thing to kind of live together and have sex before marriage or whatever, but then they get awakened. And they right. come to us and say, what do we do? And we're like, are you getting married? Yeah, but, the, you know, the wedding's in nine months or the wedding's in 12 months. Get married now. Yeah. Like, stop living and sinning. If you're going to get married, get married now. Um, obviously, you run that through wise counsel once right. again because hopefully that is the right plan for you guys. But, um, but, like, some people just get married and they have the celebration later or whatever. If they're not willing or can't move out for whatever reason, they just get married. Yeah. And so, um, and... And again, this is absolutely God's best, like, for our lives. And, and again, like he said, so just so you know, like, there's no judgment. Like, the majority of the world has no problem with this because they don't understand what the Word of God says about it. So there's, like, zero condemnation or judgment or anything if, if you, you are doing those things now. But now you have been awakened to what the Word of God says about it, and so you have a choice to make. The Bible says in Philippians 3, 3, have no confidence in the flesh. So then you have people say, we're living together. We're just going to sleep in separate rooms. Well, the Bible says have no confidence in flesh. Flesh, that sounds like to me you're putting all your confidence in the flesh and think that you can not just have sex. I want to clarify, like, the act of actual sexual intercourse where you could produce a baby. Like, it's actually about living pure before the Lord. So oral sex is sex. Laying in a bed together naked and, and messing around, that is, that is immorally compromising. So it's actually like a living a life of purity and not just, like, you know, that, that that's the one act that we cannot do and, and and then we'll be, you know, in the clear to live like a pure life before the Lord. So, yeah. Okay. So God's way um, is the best way. Like she said, I'm going to read a verse in 1 Corinthians six eighteen. It says, flee from sexual yeah. immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside the body, but sexual, sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So there is a difference yeah. of consequences when we sin. Yeah. Sin is sin, but there's different consequences when we sin. And right. so one of the consequences is soul ties. Yeah. And so, and this is so God isn't, so sex just isn't for pleasure. It's actually for our protection. That's why it's meant under the marriage covenant um, relationship. You get married and then you, you, um, consummate the marriage through the act of sex because when you actually you are designated to be married to one person and so the bible says you become one and if you know anything about the spiritual realm when you become one with someone it's like body soul and spirit and so when you actually are engaging in a sexual act with another person you are actually allowing you're giving legal right and permission for any spirit that's operating in that person to operate in your life and those and any demonic spirits of oppression can 
can be transferred to you through the act of becoming one. There's a lot of people that have to get set free from what we would call like an ungodly soul tie with someone um, and break off the things that were passed through that act um, of immorality to be set free um, in, in that area of your life. And so I think probably if there was an altar call right now for ungodly soul ties, like 90, 95% of us would be on it. Um, but it's, that's a reason. It's God's protection. He doesn't want you to be tied to other people with, with demonic things and all of that. So Yeah, struggling with the things they're struggling for. Right. And we also looked up some stats, and um, I saw up to 33%. If you cohabitate before you're married, you're up to 33% more likely to get divorced than those that yeah. move in together after marriage. And right. that is not a Christian study. That is a all-people study. It's like the one time you can trust the science. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So did John and I have sex before we were married? We got that asked that question, and we will answer that question. We did not have sex with each other before we were married, but we had sex prior to meeting one another. Yeah, other relationships we did. But when we yeah. met each other, um, we were both walking with the Lord, and we said, you know what? We want to redeem our past right. and glorify God now. We want to be pure now in our relationship because right. we want to be the most blessed that we possibly can. So like Becky said, there, there's, there's grace, there's forgiveness, and you can make a decision today to be pure yeah. and honor God with your relationship with your relationship. Was today. it easy? No. When you, you are desperately in love with someone. She was know, like all over me. It was like. <laughs> yeah. Almost embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, and now I lost my train of thought, John. Right here. How do oh, you have boundaries oh. and things. So it's, yeah. it is difficult. Like, you love one another, but you have to have boundaries. Like, nothing good happens after dark. Let's be honest, people. Like, we're putting ourselves in a tempting situation, you know? And so you have boundaries. There was people that are shouting out, we had a curfew, you know? They had accountability because they really wanted to do things right. So it's not easy, but it's absolutely possible, and it's God's best for you. Okay, now moving into marriage. Yep. And the question, one of the questions that we got was, how do you get yourself to have sex in your marriage when you are not in, in the, the mood? mood. I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I can. I'll answer it. Because my answer, answer is, the Bible says your body is not yours, but I own it. See, this is what I'm telling you guys I have to deal with. <laughs> can I get a witness? Anyways. Let me take a drink now. <laughs> so let's backtrack to just a second. So in regards to sex, so I think Pastor Liang said this, and, and I would agree, is that unless, if you are a healthy individual, you're not going through some medical trauma or you just had a baby, there should be no reason at a minimum you should be coming together at least twice a week in intimacy. And, and that's just, you know, and then there's, People have different preferences and stuff, but at least twice a week. And I think a good thing to do with that is, like, when you're not in the mood, a, a good thing we put into practice that I know the De, De, the De Lorenzo's teach is, you know, so... Um, you know, Monday through Wednesday, one of the spouses, like, it's his turn to initiate, and I have to understand that's him initiating, and I respond. And then the Thursday through the Saturday, I initiate. And so it's not always one person asking, and so you're, you're mutually taking responsibility for that, and then Sunday apparently is a bonus day. And then it's whatever you guys want to do. But at, le at, least, at least that... And, and like we said before, like, the, uh, why we say this, I mean, it's God created for, you know, the confines of marriage to, to have intimacy with one another. But um, First Corinthians, yes, yeah. First Corinthians 7, 5 says, do not deprive one another right. except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack right. of self-control. So again, don't. Don't give confidence to the flesh. Um, sex is actually for protection, not just pleasure. Yeah. It actually protects your, protects your marriage. And um, I was just, uh, like, three weeks ago. This is, like, fresh for me. Um, so um, sex is, is like a, it's a spiritual act. You become one with your spouse. There's nothing more intimate that you, than you can do. And so we were kind of fighting a few weeks ago, and I don't remember what the fight was about. But I get in my head when we fight, which is not good. I don't say stuff yeah. all the time. I just get in my head and tell myself stories to the point where I was like, man, is this even going to last? You know, in so my head. So dramatic. Yeah, it was very dramatic. 
Wow, of course, I knew it was gonna last. He was mad about. I'm like, wow. So I was just kind of like frustrated, or whatever. And then she was like, wanted to have sex, and so you know, I changed my mind very, very fast. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And uh, so, so, but afterwards, it was unbelievable. Afterwards, how I felt. I felt so in love with my wife. And all the stories I was telling myself just kind of disappeared. And it was, to me, it was just like this, gosh, the Bible works. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the Bible is amazing. Yeah. And uh, it was, it, it just, it was the most vivid uh, example of protection of my marriage that I've ever had in 19 years of marriage. Wow. It was, just, it was crazy. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. You're amazing, babe. But, but, but like, no, it was, that's crazy powerful. powerful I agree. I, I agree. I fully agree. Um, but in, in, in the mood, I will say this. So, I, and I'll just, okay, I'm just going to say it. All right. So, intimacy isn't just the act of sex. Intimacy is throughout the day. Being tender, being loving, being kind, caring, all of the things. And so, I think what's challenging, because women will usually propose this question the most, like when you're not in the mood, on average, you would say a woman wouldn't be in the mood. over the moment. But we have, to, we have to understand this. The intimacy actually, like, starts in the morning. Like, if you ignore her all day, she's had a stressful day, you haven't responded to her texts, and you get home, the kids are grumpy, and she's stressed out and has cooked dinner, there is no way she's going to be in the mood at the end of the night so it's like it, you have to the 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 intimacy starts at the beginning of the day so someone will want to have intimacy with you and and I think it's it's difficult when you get into that pattern where there is no intimacy or real connection or communication or love then all of a sudden we're just supposed to be in the mood let me tell you how it makes her feel she feels like an object she feels unloved and she feels used and so you don't want to have sex with your wife when they just feel like they are um, just someone to commit the act with. They're, it's supposed to be intimate. It's supposed to build connection and love. And I'm telling you, if you, if you behave in that way and you have that pattern, the, it'll actually push you farther apart in those situations. So, and so I, I feel like you have to, it, you know, at times you have to get yourself in the mood. So what does that look like? Will you take the kids? I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to have a glass of champagne. I'm going to relax and just get out of my head. And then, to be honest, I will make this assumption that most time women not being able to get in the mood, a lot of it is just in our mind. Um, we're thinking about so many things. Like, we're like spaghetti, remember? Guys are like waffles. So we have so many thoughts, so many things running through our head. And all of a sudden, you, there's no off switch. It's not like, okay, now relax, you know, enjoy your spouse. It's still there. So you, it's all in your mind. Like if you can actually shut out all those things, give it to the Lord and now start focusing on your spouse. Like you have an opportunity, like literally like it's like a tunnel. Like you just focus in on them. Like don't allow any other thoughts to come in. Like focus on every touch. Like that feels nice. Like if you can just like create that space in your mind to only focus on them, I guarantee you, you will probably get in the mood. Babe, just so you know, I am fully willing to be used <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a piece of meat. But here's what I want to say. I'm telling you, I... <laughs> here's the thing. You are loving yourself today. <laughs> loving yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> He, you should have seen the 8.30. I mean, I thank God. I'm even nervous now this is live stream, oh, but my God. Lord. Lord, help me. Okay. Here's, what pa here's what Pastor Mike Clark says in Idaho. He says, women, he says, women are like crockpots. Men are like microwaves. So if you want your wife to be in the mood at night, it starts in the morning, like Pastor Becky said. So start being nice to her, sending text messages, you know. <laughs> A little kiss or whatever. Sincerely. Yeah, sincerely. Sincerely. We should be doing that anyways. But if you're a guy and your wife sends you a nice text, you're like, what does that mean? I know. I'm like, can I just be nice? I'm interpreting everything. He is. I had to tell me that. I was like, you're misreading the situation. Because <laughs> every act of, like, kindness or tenderness is like, ooh, ooh. I'm like, oh. Anyways. Okay. Hey, um, oh, yeah, really, we wanted to just say this, that everything that happens in the bedroom needs to honor one another. So it's up to you guys what you decide to do in the bedroom as husband and wife, but both better actually uh, be 
in agreement with whatever you're doing in the bedroom. And if it, it degrades or dishonors or you're pushing someone to do something they don't want to do, you have lost the whole point of what that is meant to be, is intimacy. And again, that will push them farther apart and they will not trust you if they push you in an area where it's supposed to be the most intimate act that God has given us to join us together as husband and wife. Very good. Okay, really quickly, I'm going to hit on a couple of things here, and okay. then we're going to get into, like, communication and conflict and all that fun so stuff. So will you not send the keys up until we pray again? Thank you. I um, don't need any more mood, mood music while we're st- up here. Like. <laughs> Staying connected in, in very full lives. We're all very busy, and so there was a few questions about how do you stay connected, like what's right. your rhythm, how do you do things. So I'm just going to fire off a few things that, we do, that yeah. we do. One is coffee dates, so we go out and we try to go through our agenda for the week, calendars, just so we're organized for the week. The details. So it kind of relieves some of that stress. Um, date nights, of course, is, is a big one. And you don't have to go to Ruth Chris to have a date night. Um, one of the things that we learned early on is that if you just have a bedtime for your kids, you can have a date at your house. Yeah. And so you can go in your backyard. You can watch a, you know, a movie or whatever. No. But, but as long as you have, we don't watch movies because she can't talk. So that, actually, you are kind of a movie talker. I'll still talk even yeah, when we watch the talks. movie. She can't. You can't but stop like, there's it. a time and place for a movie. But like, if we need like to talk, like the date night can't just be going to a movie. There's no connection. But yeah, um, so we get the kids to bed on time. Get the kids time. to bed on time. Still do as teenagers. Yeah, they still do, yeah. There's still the one the off 11 part. o'clockers and things like that. But we still are like, get, get wind down ready for bed. Like, get in your room, like 9, 9.30. So we still have time to connect with one another. Another thing you, you need to do is be very organized, like, with your life so you can have more time with one another. So for me, Sundays, like, make all the kids' lunches for the week. I meal prep, I think, through what nights we're going to need fast food, what can be a fast meal, all that kind of stuff. And then you get your kids to help. Can I just say that? I mean, I didn't start having my boys help with dishes and things like that till they were 10, and I regret it every day of my life. Why did not do this sooner? I had free child labor. I'm paying for any. Actually, I'm paying for everything anyways. So why are you just living lazily for free? No, so... So they do the dishes. They clean their rooms. They do their laundry. And they have like an hour, hour and a half on Saturdays where everyone does everything together. So we have more time freed up for our family and for, and for John and I. So The other thing that we do is we try to plan trips in busy season. So yeah. <clears throat> we have a trip planned in a couple of weeks that, um, because this has been a very, very busy season for us. And so we need to get the heck out of Dodge for a little while with our kids. Yeah. Um, and we also plan um, vacations with just her and I every year. So we would try to go by ourselves. We try to go with our kids every, every year. Yeah. Um, at least one time. It usually um, happens, you know, more than that. But we try to at least do that. So, and you plan it during busy seasons, right after a busy season or right, right before a busy season. So you have something to look forward to so your kids know, hey, this is a busy time for us. But, hey, in a couple of weeks, we're going to Cancun. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want. So... All right, we're going to transition now. This was probably the biggest topic um, was like communication, how to resolve conflict, um, how to forgive one another. There was the majority of the questions were around this topic, so we want to give it um, the the time that it needs. And now I realize our illustration is is around the same topic that you keep bringing up. Anyways, so... Um, so we, we want to talk about communication. We're going to share a time in our lives where we were not communicating for probably like a six-month period. We were just really busy. And we were like kind of going, going our own ways. And it probably wasn't the best six months in our marriage. But during that time, I remember we used to have, well, we still have girls' nights. So we'd, all the girls would get together, all the, the church ladies would go. We'd have fun. And we'd talk about hair and random things. And then, you know, I remember on one of the nights, um, all the girls were saying like, okay, ladies, we have to make sure. Let's go home and take care of our husbands because we want them to know like we're not going to go out and then we ignore when we get home so let's you know everyone was talking about that and then you know in a respectful way they started talking about um their husband's sex drives and stuff and I just I just like kind of made this comment I'm like oh John just must have a really low sex drive and like he never wants to have sex that's what he said at dinner relax be calm (laughs) I can tell him like staring at me because he he gets very uncomfortable when I share this story and so I just threw that out there, like, yeah, you know. And then I get home, and then I was telling him that, uh, you know, we were talking about that, and I'm supposed to take care of you. But, like, I just told everyone you have a really low sex drive. So, and he's just like, what? Did you tell them? I'm like, yeah, like, you just have a really low sex drive. Like, you don't really want to have sex much. And he just goes, oh, my gosh. 
And this is what he said to me in the time. I can't use the real word. But he said, he said, babe, if I came home every day acting like an a-hole, would you want to have sex with me? And I was like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Because this was actually a really difficult six months for us and me in particular, going like through depression and all these things happening. And so I wasn't a very happy person. I was actually kind of mean. So he was basically saying, I would love to have more sex, but, but you are a B with an itch. <laughs> so it shuts everything down. And I was like, oh my gosh. So for six months, we were in total, he had needs but like did not communicate them. He let me be a brat for six months without confronting me because he was walking on eggshells. And here we were like completely not in a good place in our marriage because of those two things. We weren't communicating needs and he wasn't confronting me on things that I need to be confronted with. Yeah, so she was, um, yeah, not being nice. And so, you know, I have feelings, man. You are so the funny guy today. And so... And so yeah. in my world, I was like, I'm depriving her, you know, thinking like, nope, I'm rolling over and going to bed. I was she, so pumped. She's I was like cheering so inside. Sleep. I can sleep in. <laughs> it's just a man's pride, you know. We never want to want to give in. But like we let six months, we did not communicate anything. Our needs or challenge each other or confront each other on inappropriate behavior. And, and we were completely just not connected whatsoever. And so that obviously led to, led to some conflicts because we had not been communicating. It is so important to communicate what you need and no, no thing is too little. Like how you're just like shooting in the dark if you don't know what the other person needs or wants and then you end up resentful at one another. Just to clarify, we did not have sex for six months. It was just... He's so worried about... Very... Once a week or something. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, this is another that story. story. This is another story. This is a recent story that we actually shared, uh, I think. Um, but we were... Uh, this isn't very long ago. And if you guys have read the book, His Needs, Her Needs, or The Five Love Languages, um, you know, her, her needs have always been um, quality time and acts of service. And so um, just recently in our marriage, we were kind of, you know, in conflict. This is maybe a couple years ago or a year ago. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Not that long ago. Mm -hmm. And um, we were just kind of a little bit unhappy. And I didn't know why. And so we were talking one day and she just told me, you don't, I don't feel like you honor me. And, um, and I was like, at first I was like, okay, like I, I w we were in a conversation. And so it was kind of a safe environment. She could bring things up. And she said, I didn't honor her. And so I feel like, I felt like for me, I was very happy that she said that because I don't want her to be upset and I want to make sure that she feels honored. And of course I was taken back and I was upset at myself and I was like, dang it, what have I, but I also think that her needs had changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so she, you know, gifts might be a thing or, or even the way I'm, I'm talking to her, treating her. And so when she said that, I was actually very thankful for it because I wanted to make that change and so that she did feel very honored by me so I bought her a pair of Gucci tennis shoes <laughs> and uh, that was how I started but that not that that's just honor but I I, yeah. I am now aware of how I was acting and I want to act better and I don't know if it was for a season or if it was for, for a long time but um, I haven't heard that in the last year, so I think things are and going thing, better. And it's not necessarily like oh, sometimes it is a gift, but sometimes I think it, for me it meant more like thinking about that, like we're saving up for a house and he spends that amount of money. And I was like, first of all, you value me enough to spend this kind of money on me even though, you know, we have other goals we're trying to reach. The fact that you thought of me when you were out that you were intentional about it and that and you actually wanted to give me something really nice that I would love. And so it, it, all of it, while I appreciated all of that, but it all really spoke volumes to me and I felt like really loved and seen and valued, you know, in, in that moment. And so... But that would have never happened if you don't set aside time to talk and communicate about yeah. the root of the problem, not like the fruit that we usually fight about. Yeah. So like, what's the root of the problem? What's the root of the discontent in your marriage? What's the root of the, you know, uh, short fuse? What's the root of all of these different things? Right. 
uh, instead of just talking about the fruit and fighting about the problem. Yeah. So just getting more into like conflict resolution, like we, we've heard Dr. Brian say it, like if you're fighting, that means your marriage is working because there should be a level of disagreement and confrontation in your marriage. And if there isn't, if there's no conf- confrontation or any disagreements, we would venture to say that one of you, at least one of you is very unhappy because there are needs that are, you, there's no way you agree on everything and want all the same things and have all the same needs. And so it usually means if there's no conflict or communication or discussion, um, that one of you is just like just giving in every single time to make the other person happy. And so you need to talk about these kinds of things in your marriage. And a good amount of conflict is okay because it means you're working it out. And so we wanted to just talk about just kind of going back now, um, almost to the very beginning, when we think about conflict or conflict resolution or, you know, working through issues or communication in our relationships, Proverbs 22, 6 says, um, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. So I want to use this scripture in a different perspective this morning. So I want to know, like, what you were trained up in. What did you witness? How did you, wit- what, what did you see? Did you see any communication in your home? Or did everyone just give each other the cold treatment? Did one person always just run out the door, slam it, and not come back till 2 a.m.? Was there rage? Was there anger? Like, what patterns did you see growing up? Because a lot of times, you train up a child, it's not necessarily the way they should go, but that's how they're trained up, But so they end up going that way. So unless you actually confront the patterns that you see manifesting in your own life that manifested in your life when you were a child, if you don't actually confront those behaviors and those patterns up against the word of God, like you'll, you'll, you'll keep functioning in a very unhealthy way in conflict. There is a right way to do it. And so people always say like, oh, well, that's just how we are. That's just how we fight. But if it's not godly, you don't get to say that. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, well, that's just how we are. So you're actually saying, well, we're just going to keep living in dysfunction and disobedient to God's word when there's actually a better way, a way that he wants to, us to live and work through things in our lives. Yeah, and there's a great scripture in 1 Peter that talks about the rules of engagement. And it's in 1 Peter 3, 7 and 9. It says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. So, guys, we don't get to just say we don't understand our wives. We have to try to understand our wives, even if that means you're never going to fully understand your wife. But you have to try. You know, we're not going to figure each other out until the end, but we, at right. least we're trying. We're living with understanding. We're realizing that giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, we have to realize that she's the weaker vessel. Which he was looking at, but it's more of like physical Strength. weakness. But I sometimes use that part to my advantage. I'll be like, I can't. I'm tired. I'm the weaker vessel. Help. Help. Uh, I do. I do it like. And then I say, I'll take care of you, babe. I got you. And it says, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So it is very valuable for you um, to be in unity so that your prayers are not hindered. That's a scary verse for me. Um, And so make sure that you're united so that when you pray together, your prayers are not are not hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Amen. So, so. And we're going back, we're still kind of hitting home like the patterns we grew up in because are we able to be angry and not sin? Because that's what the Bible actually asks us to do. Are we able to have an argument or disagreement without name calling and being mean and evil? Like every word we speak in a conflict can pierce and wound the, the heart. And so we have to remember that the actual goal of the argument or the disagreement is so that your marriage can be better, Right? But sometimes I think we just get in these unhealthy patterns and we just fight for the sake of fighting because we're irritated. And we have all these things, you know, we've, we've ignored and didn't talk about. But the end goal of every conflict, if it is not resolution, you need to like, take a step back. Because the whole point of bringing up hard things is so that you can be, come closer together and make your relationship work. And so God is saying we have the ability to be tenderhearted. And courteous, not returning evil for evil, even during a conflict. He says, knowing that you were called to this. He wouldn't say you were called to it if it was physically impossible to do. I think it's just easier sometimes to lose it 
because it feels good but doesn't do any good, um, then bring resolution. Just and what I want you to talk about the like our real enemy in that. Yeah, our real enemy is the devil, obviously. And whatever God brings together, the devil wants to destroy. And the Bible yeah. says that God has brought us together. So the devil is coming in to kill, steal, and destroy. So that's right. why we have to be not only on guard, but we have to have biblical rules of engagement so that we can get through this stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the stories early on in our in our marriage was you've heard my wife talk about. Well, why don't you talk about it? Um, that, Sounds better if you uh, say it. Just riddled with insecurities, fear, which led to control lots of anxiety. And so in our early, like even dating and marriage, um, while I had got a level of freedom, I hadn't necessarily learned how to keep my freedom or stay free. And so I would, um, I was, I, I do say I was a psycho and I think it's a pretty good title for that season of my life. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> you would agree. You know, just like I, Everything was so huge. Everything was fearful. Like, John couldn't go to a Charger game. Like, I wouldn't let him because there was cheerleaders there that were attractive. Like, I wouldn't let him go be anywhere, like, without me, with his friends. Because, like, what if, like, what if an ex walks up and what if? And I was always drumming up these ridiculous scenarios of what might happen. So then I was so fearful that something could happen, then I would control all of his behavior. And it was absolutely destroying, you know, our marriage. And, and I would... Here's the thing. I was making constant accusations to him. He had never, ever done anything to help me or to make me think I couldn't trust him or that he didn't love me or he would ever do any of those things. Um, and I was just always firing accusations at him, accusing him of looking at things or accusing him of like when he smiled at that person, what did that mean? And, you know, he had every right to just lose his mind on me because I was so overbearing and I was so overwhelming in this season. But you responded like so amazing because you realized that this isn't who I wanted to be. This isn't who I was called to be. I did want to change. I didn't know how. And so instead of him being angry at me and like cursing me and just having enough of me, he came alongside. It makes me sad. I mean, emotional. He came alongside of me and helped me in my craziness. Like he's like, so you can Yeah, go. usually when things don't make sense, it, it's a spirit. And so when I would look at my, my wife and the way that she would react um, and fear and control over things that were not a big deal, um, I wasn't always good. But after a while, I realized, okay, this is not my wife. And so um, God gave me a picture of wrapping her in grace and then fighting the real enemy, which is the devil that was behind her. And so it was almost like this, this thing. And so um, I can remember, I can remember it like yesterday, we were coming up yeah. on the five to the eight and I just put my hand on her, on her leg and said, um, babe, I'm sorry for the way that, you know, we haven't been getting along over these issues, I've realized that we're actually on the same team and we should be fighting for each other, not against each other. Yeah. And I told her how proud I was of her knowing her background to where she was today um, and that, you know, the reactions and stuff wasn't her. And so we just began to warfare against the real enemy. Right. And um, it is amazing how it changed our, our marriage. Everything, yeah. So, yeah, that's just a really beautiful example of, like, fighting for one another and coming alongside each other and recognizing it's not really who they were created to be, but we have a real enemy that we should be fighting with. Um, so just going back to, you know, just conflict and communicating and fighting right, um, there's something that always comes up, like the fight or the flight. Like, when you get into an argument, some people want to stay and just fight it out. They don't care that it's 4 a.m. You're going to stay up. We're going to finish this conversation and there's other people who just want to like escape you know from the situation and and we want to kind of propose that escaping isn't always a bad thing in the right context do you want to share about that yeah sometimes um you know you get too heated and you you'll know you're just starting to fire arrows trying to hurt the person instead of right. get to resolution and sometimes you just need to be like okay recognize and give yourselves permission so this has to be a conversation before you fight Give yourselves permission to walk away as long as you're walking away to calm yourself, right. pray, maybe put on some worship music. Yeah. Um, don't walk yeah. away trying to figure out how you can hurt the other person when you come oh, yeah. back. Oh, when he says this, I'm going to. Like, when you go to separate yourself yeah. to cool down, are you actually cooling down and seeking the Lord, or are you getting more fired up for the next fight? Like, there's a purpose in the separation. Yeah, and even sometimes, if you can get to that place where you're calm, it is okay 
to go to sleep and talk about it the next day. If you can get to a place where you're okay, because yeah. the Bible says, you know, don't let the sun come up on your anger. But um, I've, we've found that if you can get through that anger, do not sin part, um, sometimes, you know, if it's yeah. late in the night, you're only going to make things worse. No. And so you so can have the, that agreement. I know we're not in agreement right now. I love you, and we're going to work this out tomorrow. Let's just go to bed and get some rest so we can have a clear mind in the morning. But then you really have, and don't touch me. <laughs> Good point. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and then, but then we better be reconciling in the morning. Because a lot of times, oh, it doesn't seem like a big deal in the morning. Oh, it's not that big. Yes, it is a big deal. You cannot sweep things under the rug, which is what we want to talk about next. Like, little things are big things waiting to happen. Yeah. And so it's the little things. Like, we, we fight so much about the little things, like the dishes that were left in the sink or the socks on the floor. And I know I'm using girl examples, but I am a girl. And so there's, you know, or, you know, toothpaste all over this thing. You just get frustrated and you're just like, oh, my gosh, why can't you clean up after yourself? That's not the real point. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're fighting about the fruit of an actual root issue that you need to resolve. So what are you actually feeling? Are you feeling like... Like, um, undervalued, like I'm just gonna clean up after everyone. You don't even acknowledge like my schedule. I just have to do all these things. You feel unappreciated. Like, what's the actual root of why you're manifesting about the toothpaste on the sink or the dishes in the sink? What, why, why that, that is not the real issue. It's an annoyance. But you know what? Let me tell you something. If it annoys you, do it yourself. You're annoyed someone else didn't do it. If it annoys you, just do it yourself. Like, if, it, if you care that much, do it yourself. Um, but, but at the end of the day, like, what is the actual problem? Like, we fight about all this servicey stuff, but nothing ever gets resolved because underneath all the servicey stuff is hurt or wounded or disappointed, things that we need to actually venture into those conversations to figure it out. Okay, what do you want to end on? Because we got about ten negative minutes. 10 minutes. Oh, no, we have 10 minutes. Do you want to do this one? Um, Sorry. I, what are you pointing at? Sorry, guys. This one. Or this oh, one. yeah. Let's do that. So one of the, th <clears throat> Sorry. One of the things that um, how we used to fight um, when we were newly married, well, not totally newly married, is something that I mentioned before where yeah. we would, instead of having conversations out loud, we would just be irritated with each other in our heads and we would never talk about it right. because, um, I don't know, the way we grew up or avoidance yeah. on my part or whatever um, because... You know, as a man, I always want to just have peace in my house. And so if, there, if there's anything I can do to take, you know, to be disappointed or whatever, I'll just eat it just so there's peace in the house. And so there might be a chance that night that something can happen. But, um, but we just want to have, we just try to have you got, peace. you got bitter. Yeah, but then you, you get bitter. bitter and then you start telling yourself stories and it does not yeah. go over well And that's true. All. Like we, I, we share a whole message about it, how like, we, act, we seemed to be getting along really well, but we actually really hated each other in our heads. And, um, and we would think mean things about each other. We would think evil thoughts and, and all of that. And, like, you cannot leave. That's why, like, the Bible talks about, like, communicating these things out loud. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 that as a man thinks... In his heart, so is he. So we went through this whole season where, like, we couldn't understand why we're never connecting. We we're always frustrated. We always felt, like, irritated with one another. But the fact of the matter is, is because we had all this negative dialogue going on in our heads about one another, trying to pretend like everything was okay. But we were thinking negative things, so we felt negative towards one another. And so we had to really guard our minds against what we were thinking um, about each other. And all of that was there because we never actually communicated out loud. And so we just, we went through really unnecessary seasons of, of difficulty, of, of lack of unity in our home, because we never actually communicated about the things that were frustrating And a us. strategy that I learned when I start going in that way in my head is just to pray for her, because it's hard to curse things you're blessing. And so in your head, you can start to pray for your spouse, and you'll find, yeah. you know, uh, an adoration come on you for the person that you're praying for. Um, so that was just a strategy yeah. that, that we've learned. Do you want to end with that? Sure. Go. You go. Why? You go. You go. That's you. All right. Okay. Well, we want to... Wait, this one, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we want to just talk about really quickly, like, godly submission. Then we're going to pray. Um, because the word being submissive or, or submit has can get really... Uh, 
perverted in the world, it's actually a really beautiful thing when you're able to submit to come under a mission, and especially when that mission is a godly mission. And so um, there is a difference, you know, between like submit, you know, like you're, you're pushing down, you're bullying, and using, the, using God's word to like beat someone into what you want them to do. Like that's not what, what submission is all about. But I think um, when someone has a vision and, the, and they love you, it's easy to come under um, submission and, and follow their leading, following their guidance. I know like when we first met, um, I was farther along and like I was, even though I was a little like the psycho on that side of things, I actually had a really great understanding of the word of God. It hadn't yet set me free, but I knew the word of God. I grew up in church. I was a Awana's girl. I was a spark for Jesus. I went to a Christian college, like all that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of the word of God on the inside of me. So when I met him, he also was a Christian, but he wasn't necessarily living and walking out a Christian lifestyle. Like I think you were going to church and things like that, but you didn't have like a surrendered life to Jesus as far as like his behaviors and things like that. And so I remember when we, when we came together, all of that started to change, but because I felt like I was farther along in my understanding like of the word and I had more knowledge of that, it was really hard to have let him lead because I felt like I knew more. And while that was true to some degree, if I, if I never let him start to lead, how could he ever do it? And so I remember we would get in the biggest fights when we were leading Connect Group because I was always like... You know, he's trying to... When it, yeah, I'm trying to, pre- I'm trying to prepare, and she's just, you know, chiming in all these ideas. And then when we get in front of our group, um, she would just go into it, and I'd just be like, whatever, you know, whatever. And then, so eventually, but we would fight every... And back then, we had connect groups every week. So yeah. it was like every Wednesday or whatever it was. We'd be fighting. And, and so we had to have a conversation, and so we decided that... I needed to lead this thing because it is a godly order at the end of the day. Right. Um, if, it, if it's a godly submission. And so, um, so I would lead and then she would chime in and then, you know, we would lead together because the Bible says in Genesis, let them together have dominion. And so we're meant to do this life together. But right. at the end of the day, there, there sometimes there has to be a decision made. Yeah. And so that's when that godly submission uh, you know, comes You get pass. the questions, well, how do you let them lead? Like when, you know, at some point, whether I knew more about the Bible or not, I had to start letting him lead. And sometimes then he may not have said it in a way I would have preferred or was that a little bit like, I'm not sure if that was 100%, you know, but it was like, the guy just felt so defeated because I was always just over over talking him, always trying to dominate the conversation because I felt like I knew best. And it was the most freeing thing actually when the Holy Spirit was just like, stand down woman, like, how is he ever going to lead if you don't even give him like a sliver to practice? And so I had to sometimes sit back and hear things when he, was, he began to lead that uh, nothing was ever like really off color, but like, mm, I would have probably said it this way instead. And I just had to let him like grow. And now it's like, so now I, and I remember, I remember just like watching him lead. And when I would just see more growth and watching him grow. And then before it's like, half the time he comes to a meeting and I have, I have nothing prepared because I'm like, you've got it, you know? And so it was just a really interesting dynamic, like, in And I think one of the things you found was it took a lot of pressure off of you. Oh, yeah. Because like the Bible says, the woman is the weaker vessel. We, we actually can handle more as a man generally. And so um, yeah. she actually felt like a little bit freer when she started to allow me to more lead and when I stepped up and led more, so. And look at how amazing he is. He's look how amazing best. you are. He's the best. Why don't we stand up? It's been a while. Let's pray. Um, we're going to have our ministry team up here yeah. at the end of this. So if you guys have issues in your marriage or, or relationships or, or want prayer for in your anything. Past, you want prayer? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, everybody. Everyone's just going to come forward. <laughs> we're going to pray. And then again, Wednesday night, we'll be back to um, go. We're going to have a little bit more ministry we time. We want to really pray into some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pray. Father, we thank, thank you for you, this Jesus. day. We thank you for this amazing congregation of people that you've brought together. We thank you for relationships. We thank you that you created marriage and you create beautiful things. Father, I pray that this would be the year of unity. Father, unmatched intimacy in our marriages in our lives, Father, with our kids, with our spouses. Father, we pray this to be the greatest year of our marriage, no matter if we've been married 20 years or 50 years or one year. God, let this be the year 
where we take action, intentional action about our marriages. So Father, we thank you that you're always with us. You can help us, make us aware of things. Father, for those that are looking for their their right one, their, their spouse, we pray that this be the year that we see many, many marriages in our church for those that have found the perfect one uh, or the right one. And uh, Lord, bless this time, bless these relationships, protect our beautiful kids in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.